episode by Theater the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Do you believe in magic? Well, if you do, come on dancing with us at Kylie Mania, a digital tribute to Kylie Minogue, on January 29th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. $6 gets you admission to the live premiere on Zoom. Can't watch it live? The show will be available for $6 on Vimeo. A portion of the cover will benefit the National Center for Transgender Equality. Venmo Michael Block Talk with your email for show access. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk, on Twitter at Block Talk NYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Three episodes in and not a single elimination. Let's call it a phenomenon. It's time to talk all things RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13, Episode 3. And joining me to break it all down is the beautiful phenomenon herself, Gilda Wabbit. Hello! Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been forever since I've seen you. I know. I moved to Kentucky and just fell off the... Actually, I moved to Kentucky and then a pandemic happened, so I've not been able to come back to New York. Exactly, exactly. That, that kind of thing happened. But how, how have you been? How, how's life in, in Mitch McConnell land? Um, well, life in Mitch McConnell land is hopefully going to look a little less Mitch McConnell in the future after the, the events that have been transpiring lately. Um, but it's okay. We got some lovely snow recently. Okay. Oh, nice. um, the bars are open at ha- and we have restrictions, but mm-hmm. I'm very privileged to work in, I think, one of the largest theaters for a drag bar in the nation which means that we can actually social distance people and keep them at tables. Yeah. And like when I'm on stage, I'm like at least six feet from the audience, if not further. Nice. Um, so I think for a drag performer who is working in person, this is one of the safest setups that we can have. And I'm really grateful and really privileged for that because a bitch needs to pay her bills. And Target it's said, true. no, thank you. We don't want you to apply to us. We don't see your <laughs> resume of five years of drag performing and take you up to be a box thrower. Listen, listen, this is what I've been trying to explain to my mom that like I can't get an actual normal person job because I don't have a resume that a normal person would have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my mom's like, get a job. I'm like, I'm like at the bottom of everything. They're not going to hire me. But right. Doing what? We're, we're too old for McDonald's to hire us to flip burgers. Exactly. You know I mean? Like we don't have the experience to work in an office. What are we going to do? And, I, and retail is not going to work for me. I hate people. So, well, that's fair. I worked retail and food service. And all I want to do if I'm not doing drag is make pornography. So, that's my next choice. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure that I have like a following enough to ha- do like an OnlyFans. So, we'll see. We'll see one day. Okay. As a disclaimer, just going to say it again, as always, this is an entertainment podcast. We are here to talk about a reality television program. The people on the show are reality show contestants. We are going to talk about them as contestants of a television program. This is entertainment. Twists and turns happen. People have emotions. And we're critiquing what we see on the show. So just a reminder, listeners, we're here to have fun. Yeah, and if you get upset about it, just remember that I'm a faggot on Zoom with no pants on. And Rosé is on national television, okay? She's got the money. We're going to be fine. Exactly, exactly. Okay. 
how have you been enjoying the season so far? It's definitely a, a departure than from what we've seen on the Drag Race. Yeah, I so listen. I love a split season start. Season mm-hmm. six, amazing, brilliant, iconic, love it. Um, season twelve worked really well, and I have unfortunately not enjoyed the way that season 13 has started. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like ev- the episode one format. I didn't want to watch. If I wanted to watch six girls lip sync, I would go to a drag show. You know what right. I mean? I don't, I don't, I'm not there to watch. I'm not here to watch a drag show on television necessarily. Like I'm here to watch drag TV, which is different according to what RuPaul has taught me. You know what I mean? Right. I don't expect that. Uh, so it was fine. Um, episode two, I thought was really lovely. I love so many of the entertainers who I got to know in um, the quote unquote winner's circle. And then right. this episode, episode three um, has been, I, I have some opinions, but also mm-hmm. I thought it was really entertaining. I love, I love runways. I, I love watching the runways on Drag Race. I think the visual is really important in a television medium. And we got, we got the best of both worlds. We got a verse and a performance and we got multiple runways. So I feel like I really got to know these performers, or at least I got to know what the performers think their brand is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's crazy. Like three episodes, we still don't have an elimination. But in a way, this is very much the Viacom MTV VH1 method of doing television. You have a season, expand it to as many episodes possible. 100%. And especially, listen, during a pandemic, do you know what I'm going to do if I'm not watching Drag Race? I don't know, jerk off. Like I'll watch more episodes. Who cares? Right. Right. So it's, it's just, it's a different thing for us in the moment. And we're all having opinions on how the format is. I think in a couple of years, maybe we'll come back and be like, actually, this was fun. I enjoy it. Go back to this. I love, I love type two fun. The amount of times that I'm doing something and I hate it in the moment. And then later on, I'm like, you know, that was a good time. Yeah. That was a good time. That's like doing a top 40 lip sync for me in the moment. I'm like, this is awful. And then later on, I'm like, <laughs> ah, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to go through the episode and we'll go through it beat by beat and talk about all the fun things that happened. Lovely. So it's after the non-elimination and the winners are back in the workroom and they are all safe. Um, It's RuPaul's Drag Race Tornado, as Cena Burner says. Simone feels amazing getting her validation from RuPaul and she can die happy now. And as we know, when RuPaul says something on the main stage, that's someone to keep an eye on. It's true. It's true. It's true. Lala Ree thinks she's the shit and that motivated her to go harder and good luck girl i i, I hope you win um <laughs> gotnik was so thrilled they were all uh, safe and candy cried for nothing as she thought her and gotnik were going to be in the bottom and that would have been an amazing elimination because you wouldn't think either of them should be eliminated first but hey, if you're in the winner's circle and you're out, out first that would have been good it would have been a gag. But listen, I'll tell you, I've seen Candy Muse. I've worked with Candy Muse. She loves to give a lot of emotion for no reason all the time. So yeah. I'm not surprised. Tina asks Elliot that knowing what happened to her, who would she send home and why? Well, she's not here for Miss Congeniality. As she said, she'd be happy to see all of them come home one by one. Yes, I am living for the messy faggotry of Elliot with two T's. I'm, I love her so much. I can't wait to find out why her name was changed. Because I still don't get it. Wait, what was her original name? Well, she went by her boy name, Elliot Puckett. Why? Well, yeah. Why did they I call think, like the, I think the show made her change it. I don't know. Is Puckett close to fuck it? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Huh. Hmm. We'll find out one day, I'm sure. Yeah. Tina wants to know when the other girls are showing up, what they're doing, what they're when they're going home. She knows that they will be having to jump twice as high to compete with the quote-unquote winner circle. 
Yeah. Um, as I call it, Ru- come on, RuPaul's emotional warfare race. LOL. Listen, Chad Michaels came into All Stars telling everyone that it was the Hunger Games, but this is the Hunger Games. It this sure is, is the actual Hunger Games. Everyone's abused. Everyone's upset. We still have to compete on TV. It's true. Well, it's a new day. The B Squad runs in and they are so excited to be going into the workroom for real this time. They're all excited that it's a team of six of them, but Tamisha feels for number seven, uh, but don't feel too much for Elliot. She's, she don't want you there. So Denali, <laughs> She's doing just fine. Exactly. Denali says that there is a fire now that they have a second chance. And Joey says it's crazy seeing them all out of drag. Denali thinks they have the trade of the season. And Yudik is having a little trouble focusing all the time because everyone is really cute. No, it's Utica's so sweet. She's a darling, but I would say the B squad is definitely the cuter of the, the two groups. Oh, what a spicy take. I don't know. With with with, with Olivia Lux's smile and Simone's right. legs on the winner's squad, I'm like enamored by both of them. Both I I mean it's not a secret anymore. I've said it on the podcast before, and I think I haven't like directly said it to them in DMs prior to the drag race, but I have a total crush on Joey J. Like hardcore. Uh. Um, so if you ever happen to see him, tell him I love him and I will marry him on the spot. I I, I will I will tell him that you love him and uh, I will say, hey, listen, Michael Block loves you, but me and my boyfriends could handle you for an evening first. How's that sound? Okay, you can have him first. I'll take him next. Tell him to come on the podcast. We'll be a great party for us all. <laughs> okay, the Rue message comes on and last time it didn't go well for them, but this time it's Rue telling them that they could be a drag phenomenon, non, 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 non. I love non. It's delicious. Yeah, you gotta milk it. You gotta milk it here. Rue enters and welcomes them to RuPaul's Drag Race Emotional Roller Coaster Edition. We're just going for all the metaphors here. Um, she asks if they all feel dizzy and after what they've been put through, and I would probably assume they all say yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Also, that's like, okay, this to me is so rude. It's like someone, someone like punches you in the face and is like, oh, did that hurt? Like, <laughs> Right. Exactly. So Rue tells them their first mini challenge is to serve two killer looks in the Lady and the Vamp fashion show. And once again, we have five different versions of what this challenge is called throughout the episode. Um, yes, is it's it very Lady confusing. Kins? Yeah, I, I, was, I was confused. And you know what? I think RuPaul is also confused. Right. RuPaul don't know what she's doing no more. Kamara <laughs> is looking forward to this because she is a look queen and their jaws will drop, but girl, you got to make it to the runway first. They start getting ready and Kamora is doing something she's never done before. She's painting a face I, in okay. one hour. I, 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 Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Sorry. I think we're, I think, I think we were having some connection issues because I started to talk and then I don't think you heard me. No. Nope. Uh, What'd you say? But, say it again. Yes. Go on. No, say it again. I, I was saying, um, I was, I was work, I work on a cast with like seven girls and the amount of times that somebody is like, oh my God, I'm running late. And I'm like, no, you know that we have to be on stage at eight o'clock every night. You are first tonight. I, I'll go for you because I'm ready. But how, like, how come drag queens don't know how to get ready on time? I don't, I don't know. I mean, Denali chimes in and says that Kamora is known in Chicago for notoriously taking five or six hours to get ready. How, why, what are you doing? Like, Yes, beauty can't be rushed, but five to six hours. I I I like I I respect I respect the fantasy of like taking five to six hours when you have the time, right? I think that's wonderful to give yourself that privilege. That's fun. 
I would personally get bored. Like if, if I take longer than like an hour and a half on my like look, I'm like, okay, let's get it going. Like I got right. shit to do. I like what part of it takes that long? Or is it like, do we think that's maybe her entire process? That's like, does one thing eats a sandwich, does another thing, jerks off, another thing, watches TV. Is that the yeah. five to six hours? Because applying it should not take that long. Well, I bet, I mean, she looks beautiful when she comes on the runway. So right. I'm sure that it's not the just the makeup. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure you're right that it's like this whole process for her. It's a ritual. It helps her get into the vibe and into the character and into the fantasy. But this to me feels like a sewing thing. You know, when all the queens are like, I didn't right. learn how to sew, oopsie daisy. You didn't learn how to get into drag in, in an hour before you went on Drag Race? Like, bitch, right. you There's also the, the mini challenges where it's like quick drag, 15 minutes. What's going to that? What, what's that going to look like? Right. If Jada Essence Hall can look as good as you in 15 minutes as you did in five hours, what's the tease, sis? Exactly, exactly. Kamora says it's a spiritual process for her, but Joey says it's called drag race, not drag walk. <laughs> Joey's pretty good in confessionals, yeah. I love that joke. I think that's yeah. fucking... Kamara's freaking out and thinks she looks gross, but just get it together, girl. Rosé says that if she can't get it together in time, she may not make it to the runway, and we're, we're going to find out soon. We get a moment behind the curtain and hear the production team say five minutes, then cut to the fashion show where Rue, Michelle, Ross are waiting. And over the PA, they say, we need Kamara on stage or they'll start without her. Oh, messy, messy. But yeah, I mean, it's time for the runway show. Rather than going category by category, we are going to discuss both looks for each queen um, as they're slightly maybe sort of kind of sometimes in a collection. I don't know. Great. For their lady look and then their vamp look. In honor of this runway, we are going to play Looker or Hooker. Oh, lovely. All right. So we are starting off with Denali in her lady look. The look is by Lauren J. Hairstyled by uh, Camilla. Nails by Boy Nails. She says it's classic Denali and blue is her color. She is dainty and it's shouting out her Alaskan roots being covered in forget-me-nots. I think it's okay. It's not my favorite. Like made her look a little bigger than she is. Yeah, I feel like something, and I'll talk about this as we go through the episode, but I feel like something that Denali is really missing is an eye for proportions on her body. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, there, it's, and, and I, I, I've worked with Denali and she's an amazing performer. And yeah. I don't think of her as a particularly strong visual artist. Mm-hmm. And I think that's clear through the episode. Like, I feel like the dress reads like junior prom, but the hair yeah. is like this glitter updo and like there's the 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 forget-me-nots on the leg that like don't aren't really featured they're just sort of there right um yeah and so i i didn't really get it and and listen i don't even want to call this a looker or a hooker because i think some hookers are glamorous and fabulous Mm -hmm. this is just like a total dud for me like this should have been left on the street corner it's not making it anybody's Yeah, i i'm not a fan of this like again we've seen her do better i'm going to call it a hooker Mm-hmm. Hooker, I barely know her. The audience was 39% looker, 61% hooker. So they were not a fan of it. Yeah. Her vamp look. Uh, look by the Lady Hyde, hair by Wigs and Grace, nail gloves by Boy Nails. In some version of Sweeney Todd, Denali will play Mrs. Lovett. Yes, um, I, I said Bellatrix was strange, which is also, um, yeah. oh God, I can't think of that actress's name now. Helena Bottom Carter. Thank you so much, Helena Bottom Carter. Yeah, absolutely that. Princess Margaret. Yes. Um, 
I'm so on the fence with this as well. I like that it's a different look for her, but it just doesn't feel fully complete. Yeah, and she said that she was referencing the Moschino 2016 collection, mm-hmm. um, the fall 2016. And and I've seen it before, but I went to look it up to sort of re, re-get my brain acquainted to it. And to me, her look looks less like the Moschino collection and more like she read a description of the Moschino collection right. and then like attempted to make the description happen. So I'm not a fan. I'm going to call this a hooker as well. Yeah. And, and this um, is, this is, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. Maybe like I wanted it to have a little more polish, but it feels like it was purposely messy, but not in the right ways. A hundred percent. That makes total sense to me. Yes. I will give it a hooker as well. The audience actually liked it. They were 74% looker, 26% hooker. Wow, okay, okay. Next up is Joey J. Um, there are no designers listed on their Instagram for the lady look. You know, Miss Joey J is getting her lovely things from TJ Maxx and Amazon Prime, okay? Well, she talks later about Elliot being off the rack, but honey, this is off the rack too, right? Absolutely. This, I think this is off the rack. I, I will say, I, I wrote this down. I said, I know this white woman. Mm-hmm. I want to drink with her, but I do yeah. not want to be her friend. Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, again, we're getting classic Joey J realness with the buzz cut and the hair. Um, I love her, but this one was just not the ticket for me. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I also, and I know we're going to talk about her vamp look in a second, but like she talks about not wanting to wear a wig. I wish she had worn a wig for this look. Yeah. I think it might've served lady a little better. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, on the way we think about women and the patriarchy sure. whenever, but still in the context. And it would have made the contrast to the vamp look Right. more exciting it's so really this is interesting a hooker for me. yeah i i'm gonna have been a hooker as well but it's interesting to me that some of the queens know that this is probably I, I don't know what they were told when they got this assignment if they were told this is going to be um a day one fashion show thing but some of the queens play with this challenge as a collection some of them don't and i think that's where i'm lost when you get two different looks you should be able to plan your way I don't think Joey knew that she was going to be doing four um, looks in a row without her wig on. So maybe that's right. just a oops, but you should be able to plan ahead for that. Right. And I also think maybe you should also be able to have a little room for flexibility, especially now, listen, if, if you're doing a fully crafted look head to toe, which some of the Queens did bring for this, I understand not being able to be flexible, but like Joey's looks seem to be, lots of separates put together in, in, mm-hmm. in a nice way. Like I would tip yeah. her on stage, but like if my wardrobe is all separate that I'm putting together, then there's flexibility about how I can style it. Exactly. Especially like over the course of an evening, if I'm going to wear four outfits and I use them all with the same wig, I'm going to change it up to keep the audience feeling fresh. Right. And, and it's, you bring lots of things with you. You know, you have a wig in your bag. You can throw it on and be like, I think this could work knowing what the day is going to be. Yeah, put that human hair blonde wig on from the first day again. You will right. look like an a- angry a- white Aiden, woman at Starbucks. Aiden Zane wore that wig how many times and we praise her for it. It's okay nowadays. <laughs> so we both went hooker. The audience went 11% looker, 89% hooker. So they're not on board. Oh, they really didn't like it. Yeah. So they're, they're the vamp look. Again, no designers listed. Um, but like, I'm actually kind of turned on by it. Is that a bad thing? Yeah, I... No, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I, I, I sort of am starting to understand Joey J at this point mm-hmm. and like this like trashy Arizona faggot. Like, like I'm from Kentucky. I know this trashy faggot, this like unapologetic, really gay man 
who does drag and like I get her perspective yeah and uh I don't think it's elevated enough for like drag race and the way we think about drag yeah. race but I yeah. I ain't mad at it it's a looker for me if she went on stage in that I'd be like yes bitch you better do the split to Ariana mm-hmm. or to Rihanna's S&M here's a fucking dollar yeah yeah it's, it's unfortunate that this is coming after this other look because now it just looks boring and repetitive um it could be a collection that we're going here but I think that's a stretch for what she's doing Right. And I, I'll go back to if she'd worn a wig for the lady runway, I think they would have made sense together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to give it a hooker, unfortunately. I gave it a looker. I'll give it a looker. Right. Audience was 38% looker, 62% hooker. Fair. So the producers always do these in alphabetical order. So who is next? Not Kamara. Um, did she make it? Guess we'll have to wait and see. So next we have Rose. Uh-oh. Uh, the lady look. Let's go through this. Look conceptualized by Rose, Haley Shapiro, and Laguna Blue. Hair by Chelsea Pierce. Dress and clutch designed by Casey Slater. Painted by Laguna Blue and Rose. So many names we know. Mm-hmm. And I love all of those people. I I have to say right off the bat, and this is not uh, this is not a slight to Miss Chelsea Pierce because it's clear that the hair is constructed well. But mm-hmm. I think the hair looks awful on Rose's head. Like it is not, it, I, I hate the proportions of it. I do not like how it makes her face look because she already kind of looks like square. And I feel like uh, the hair really emphasizes that and makes her look wider than she is tall in the face, which is just not. I can understand that because Rose has that beautiful masculine jawline. Yeah, she's, you know, she's, she's very, uh, she's very, yeah, she, she's a handsome woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, yeah proportions again, like big is always. Right. And, and that's something I, well, I, and I don't necessarily mean that big is always better, but I do think proportions are important. And I think, and I see this over the course of this show as well, that Rosé is also somebody who like hasn't fully dialed in on the proportions that work best for her, because there are some major hits, which we're about to talk about, and also some misses. And I think this one is inconsistent. I, I don't hate it. It's not a hooker. It's a looker still, but like, yeah. I don't like all of it together. Yeah. So it, it is pop art realness. It's Moschino inspired paper doll fantasy. I think it is zany, but still has an edge of uh, fashion. Um, I think it's painted very purposely and artistically. It's beautiful, yeah. And then her ass has a huge secret. Ose, who's Ose? Oh, look, the R clutch spells Rose. I, love, I, I, I think it's cute. I think it's really funny the way she sold it, though. Like, it's a yeah. huge secret. No, it's just your name on your butt. Exactly. Like, it's not really I, a surprise. And that's the thing about Rose is Rose knows comedy. She knows timing. And she knows how to sell that kind of gag. Yeah. I'm going to give a looker. Great. I do as well. I do as well. 88% looker, 12% hooker. So the audience is a fan. Yeah. Next up is her vamp look. Concept by Haley Shapiro. Designed by Diego Montoya. Hair by Salmonella. Oh. Yes, 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 yes. This is yeah, fucking cool. This look is tens across the board for me. I wish I had the money to look like this. She belongs in some amazing Guillermo del Toro film. Like, I'm, I'm bowled over. I think it's wonderful it's the best vamp runway for me it's very simple pieces that put together creates this extraordinary look um i think the body is sparkling all the right ways the red boots match the headpiece but also remember alpha five from power rangers lol yes this is her now i love that yeah i'm really impressed at the combination of textures because yeah. you only have two colors the red and the black but the textures of the boot and the bodice and then the the hair and then the hat versus the the 
top part, the sheer top part versus the structured skirt. It's all, it all works so beautifully together. Yeah. I I'm a big fan of this one. Um, I agree. I think, I think for me, this is the best look overall of this fashion show. Yeah. Looker for sure. Looker, 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 uh, 84% looker, 16% hooker. Great. We agree with you. Timisha Aman. The lady said go home for her lady look. No designers listed. I'm assuming it is by Tamisha. Yeah. Um, like we've uh, we've now said it again. I think Tamisha needs a social media expert to help her with her social media now that she's on Drag Race because we need to know the information. She doesn't post anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, she talks a lot about how she made most of right. her clothes. Um, I, this to me, I think the look is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it flatters her really well. It's really classic. Um, I the only thing that I wish could change about it is I don't like her hair. And with that much jewelry, with the necklace and the earrings, I almost wish it were an updo. It would still fit with that like classy rich woman vibe, but it would show off those lovely pieces. Yeah, I think for me, I have a hair issue with a, a lot of what Tamisha does so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rue loves hair and pants, so therefore Tamisha gets a, a free pass with this look. Um, it's summertime by the pool, and I just want to be by a pool really badly right now. Yes, please give me mojito right now. Like, yeah, please, please. But she says, if there are no stones, it's, it's it's not true drag. Is that an official fact? Do you need stones all the time? Absolutely not. That is not <laughs> a fact. It's and an listen, old school fact. Yeah, girl, I love a rhinestone. Don't get me wrong, but I, I love when drag queens, okay, I love when drag queens say something that's true about their drag, but they yeah. say it about all drag. And I'm like, okay, girl. Like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, of the two of them, I'm going to say this is the one I prefer. I will give it a looker. Absolutely. This gets a looker for me. Audience was 70% looker, 30% hooker. The vamp look, again, I'm assuming she created it. It's hairy and like, sure. But according to everyone else, to me, she could do no wrong. I think it's very classic drag. Is it Elvira? Not really. No. I I hate it. And I'll, I'll also, I'll me tell too. you, I had a really strong reaction to this. And I'll tell you as well, I was watching the episode with my castmate Leah Halston, we were we were backstage in our dressing room, and she had it on her phone. And Leah used to date Tamisha. <gasps> oh, um, yes. She she told me a story about how they were both competing for a, a pageant in Texas. I think it may have been Miss Texas Gay US mm-hmm. Miss Texas Gay US of A, and how they were finalists eight and nine, and they were holding each other's hands on stage while they were calling the winner. It's so cute. Um, but. But Leah looked at me and she said, girl, this is so old school. She's on Drag Race. You gotta do something else. Yeah, that that is the, like, I know we're all falling in love with Tamisha. She's bringing us excellent television. Um, But when I like did the preseason assessment, that was my biggest thing with Tamisha. I was like, I don't know if Tamisha can translate to Drag Race as it stands now. She's bringing a different kind of drag. And I don't think this works. Personally for me, I was not... I have a thing against like hair looks. Like I understand we've seen that on the runway before. It's been a challenge. I just find it weird. This felt weird to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't love it. And I also think unfortunately like black hair looks and I don't mean like textured hair looks. I mean right. like the color black hair looks. They, they don't read uh, under the lights particularly well on film because you can't see the movement of the hair because it's all one solid color yep. um and i and i yeah i just don't like it so this is a hooker for me yeah hooker for me audience was actually 71 percent looker 29 percent hooker but i think it's the bias of loving tamisha 
I, you know what? And that's okay because I know plenty of drag queens in New York City who look like crap but have made a career on being great in person. And it's Tamisha true. doesn't even look like crap. She looks fine. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah. All right. Next, we got Utica. Hair by Sissy Tops. Nails by Nessie Nails. Balls. We love balls. I love balls. I love this look. I think Utica is so effervescent and mm-hmm. strange and sort of like lives on another plane. She, she's a, 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 a fifth dimension Blu-ray star seed. Um, <laughs> and I, this is my favorite lady look. This is my okay. favorite lady look. I think it's so cute and so different. And it speaks to the references so well, but is also inspired and different and, and unique. She, she, she's a kook. And I really hope those balls are actually from McDonald's. Um, but yeah, th- this is true to who Utica is. And it's not going to be for everyone, and that's okay. Yeah, I'm a fan. She's uh, wonderful. This is a looker for me. Yeah, yeah looker. Uh, audience was 80% looker, 20% hooker. 20% up, hooker? Who are you? Who are you people? I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can find out. Um, vamp look. No designers listed, but I'm assuming, again, it's by Utica. I really hope people paid attention to those ball pit balls. She put them in the collar and that's what made it a Utica collection. She made a whole collection. And I I think this look is really cool and very strange. The makeup and the hair and the structured collar are great. And the structure idea carries into the arms and in the skirt Mm -hmm. beneath. I, I don't like, I would not wear this look, but I'm very impressed by it and I really like it. So I'm, this is a looker for me as well. This was the vampiest of all looks. Um, it's dark with the right bit of fun and camp. Yes, absolutely. I really love Utica's perspective on the art of drag. And, and that's what is shining here. Yeah, and she's she's done such a good job of communicating who she is in this episode in a very clear way. And I yeah. don't get that from every performer. So I'm, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I'm giving it a looker for sure. Yes. 86% looker, 14% hooker. Great. Okay, did she make it? Of course she made it. If if they waited for Valentina, they will wait for Kamora Hall. Amen, amen. All right, let's talk about the lady look. And I know I'm going to get some flack on all of it, but lady look, Coat oh, and Fascinator. I think I too. Yeah, so Coat and Fascinator by Domingo Cholula. I think it's very classic. It's very noble. I don't love the makeup. I need, I like the, it's the brows. It's a brow thing for me. I, I can't see them. They're so, I need her to pronounce them more. She paints them so low and so light. I, I it, it's, it, I don't love it. I don't love her beak. Um, I'm Googling to remind myself of what her brows look like. Yeah. I, I really just think the garment is wonderful, but I'm just not here for the beak. I don't know. That's interesting. Cause I have a different take on this. Um, because I I thought the garment is impeccably made and also I didn't care about it. Like Absolutely. I, I need, I, I, for me, what, what I'm looking for when I see someone go on stage is like an emotional connection to mm-hmm. the clothing. And like I, she walked on stage and I was like, great, fine. You're Kate Middleton, but like it's, it just felt so bland. I, I think they, in the critiques later on, they nailed it. She is a mannequin. There's no personality yeah. behind her when she walks. She is a mannequin. And that's my yeah, issue and with I, this look. I think there, I think certainly if she had sold it differently, I might have liked it more. Yeah. And I can't call this like a hooker. Like it's not a bad look, but like I just felt nothing. Yeah. 
I I think because I'm I'm so I have this reaction to the beat itself. I'm going to give it a hooker. Go for it. I love it. The audience was 78% looker, 22% hooker. So I understand I'm in, I'm very much in the minority, but you know what? I don't love it. It's not my favorite. <laughs> the vamp look, dressed by Mugler official, hair by Anna Rose, shoes by Louboutin, nails by Boy Nails. Oh, it must be nice I to have money. Don't like it either. I'm sorry. I just know I, I think the hair is supposed to be that cool wet hair look, but it was it looked dry and stringy. Yes, I I love the dress. I love the jewelry. I mm-hmm. think from the neck down, it's impeccable. But I agree. And my boyfriend, who is not like a, a drag performer and not even really like deeply connected into fashion, was like, I think the hair looks bad. Like, I, yeah. think, I think the hair looks like Joker. And I was like, I agree. Yeah, the hair. I don't know. I mean, perhaps seeing her in such giant hair all the time up until this point makes you one. Like, she disappears a little bit when she doesn't have giant hair. Because she's a very small, petite woman. Yeah, I I like petite. Like, to me, I prefer her in small hair because she just reads like a model to me. Mm-hmm. And still, I, th- I think that the hair needed more length or it needed like a pomade or a mousse in it to like make yeah. it really slicked back as opposed to just like wet and hanging there. There's a, a very, the wet human hair look thing, the trend has been overblown and you can do it poorly. And I think she did it poorly. I'm sure the wig yeah. is constructed beautifully. The color is great, but like she didn't wear it well. She should have been like, Joey, I need help. You're not wearing hair today. Can you do my hair? Absolutely. <laughs> Although I saw Joey's wet wig. It wasn't that great either. So maybe. <laughs> yeah. For this one, I have to give it a hooker. I'm not here for it at all. Yeah. It's a hooker. Well, it's a looker for me because of the dress, but I, I will bitch about the hair. Audience, 63% looker, 37% look hooker. So. Oh, I'm surprised by that. Wow. There, there are a lot of people feeling Miss Kimura. Mm-hmm. Well, they're back in the workroom and Kimura is feeling a sense of relief. She felt beautiful and good for you, sis. Um, <laughs> you shady bitch. They are all officially here now that they've walked in front of RuPaul. Rosé is glad to have sisters. Tamisha came here for sisterhood. So Denali will gladly take that crown from you. <laughs> I love Denali in the confessionals. She's so she's fun. so good. Tamisha reveals that she has done a lot of pageants. She got a lot of pageants under her belt. Um, over two hundred. What? Then she says she's one ninety five, and she's been doing drag for thirty years. That's expensive. Yes, that's so expensive. I don't know if the audience knows, but pageants are the kind of thing that you can spend tens of thousands of dollars on just to lose and if you get the win you still aren't guaranteed that money back because like you you might not get the bookings it's so crazy it's wild to me i mean again she comes from the pageant world so i'm sure she's made up the money in the end i'm sure in the two over 200 pageants she's reworn a couple gowns or two um so it's not like she made 200 gowns and if she has dear god good good for you lady but um the story here, the question's asked. Tamisha, how old are you? The answer, not 74 like it was listed on the Wikipedia page the day the casting assessment came out. Oh, God. Um, she is 49 years young. Yeah. And bitch, she looks like a solid 29. Yeah, she looks great. She looks very, very good. Yeah. Um, so then the girls decide to go around the room uh, and re- reveal their ages. Utica is 25. Kamora Denali are 28. Rose is 31. Joey didn't say anything. And then Tamisha says that they're all younger than her biological kids. Biological children. 
I hope we learn a little bit about the backstory here, who who the mother or mothers are. Um, but her pussy's literally on fire. I know. Listen, Tamisha, I love bareback sex too, but I also love birth control. And that's all I have to say. <laughs> I mean, between the kids and then the drag kids, she, she's really mothering a lot of people. I don't, how, how does she spread it all out? I'd be, I'd be like, selfish. clearly, clearly she's spreading it out all over the place. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So Tamisha says the age is just a number and she is a bad B and you're all going to see. Um, Rue comes back and tells them that they're in for their first maxi challenge, that they will be performing the song Phenomenon from RuPaul's Drag Race Live in Vegas. Come on, product placement. Hey. Literally, I've said it before. We are here to support Brandon Voss. We are here to find the next cast member in one of his shows. This is not a real drag race show anymore when you have to brand it around the production shows. Like that hurts my soul. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I, I feel that way. Uh, I feel that way as well about like, um, have you ever watched Camp on a Kiki? I have watched Camp on a Kiki. Like Camp on a Kiki is not built around competing as a drag performer. It's built around competing as somebody to sell hamburgers for Hamburger Mary's. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel the same way that like it really limits who can succeed when you have to fit into this really tiny niche. Like and I've, I, the listeners who listen all the time, you know, I've said this many times. Davina DeCampo won uh, Drag Race UK. She did not fit what the Work the World Tour was. The Vivian did. That's how the decision was made. I'm telling you, that's how it was. 100%, 100%, baby. Yeah. That's just me on my soapbox. And Brandon Boss, I'm sure you're a lovely, lovely human, but I see right through it at this point. I see through it. So they have to write their own original verse and create choreography that says, bitch, I'm sickening. No, we love throwbacks. (laughs) <laughs> Rose is excited because this is what she does back in New York and she's got a whole lot of bonfire lit under her ass. She's going to slay this challenge. So Denali asks who is who the singers are. Um, Denali is a singer and rapper. Rose is going to be singing because she is a singer. Um, use your chops if you got them. And Joey asks if that's a wise decision and uh, we get a little back and forth. But Utica the farm What a girl, weird question. It was so weird but it, you know it was a little bit shady. Yeah. Utica the farm girl is yeah. gonna rap. She's gonna rap. I'm here for it. LOL, LOL. Utica- and then they start rapping old McDonald. And I was like, okay, that's cute. That's funny. <laughs> she used the term rap very loosely. Right? Joey says that she is not a singer or a rapper, but she is gay. And as she says, I don't write music, but I'm gay as fuck. Put it on a t-shirt and sell it. Oh, wait, you already did. LOL. Also, I live for that. That she's like, I can do anything because I'm gay. Like that confidence is what I hope every little gay boy watching the show takes with them. Absolutely. Um, what if, if you were in this situation, would you sing a rap? Um, okay, great question. I would personally probably try to rap with like just like a bit of singing. If, mm-hmm. if you don't know me particularly well, audience, I used to perform under a drag named Beverly Leslie Sills. And I lost a major competition in New York City and wrote a diss track um, and rapped over it. And I personally think that I'm a, for, for a white girl, I'm a decent rapper. And this kind of music often calls for like a, a real diss track verse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do, especially because when it comes to singing, I have a degree in opera. Like, do you want, do you want me to be like, drag is all over the world? No, you don't on national TV. So I'm going to rap for you. Listen. I mean, yeah, I understand that because 
Davina also did the, the rap for her part. And then you got those whistle tones. You're like, okay, there's the true Davina. I'm sure they would be able to give you your opera moment in the song. Oh yeah, baby. They had all those ad libs in the background. I would be in the background, Jinx monsooning and just going, ah! yeah, for like five <laughs> minutes. So good. Yeah. Okay. So the choreo, it won't be coming from Kimura and her two left feet or modern dancer Utica. Tamisha is a choreographer and dancer, and there are certain things she can't do right now. But Rose, Joey, and Denali, they have experience choreographing, so watch out for that scene where they basically are going to battle each other. Joey oh, wants God. to copy and paste the chorus choreo. Denali and Rose want it to grow and grow. And as they muse what to do, Tamisha is like, oh man, this is a dumpster fire already. It is a dumpster fire. And if and one thing I hate is when a bunch of people get in a room together and they have to collaborate, but instead of collaborating, they're just competing. Like, it's so fucking annoying. It, it's the school and, project all over again. Yes, yeah, you're not, I mean, I was about to say you're not high schoolers, but if I know drag queens, I know most of you are high schoolers. Yeah, they are. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's time to figure out this choreography and we've got the choreographers in our midst. But all it takes is one bad egg to bring the whole group down. So they got 60 minute, minutes to do this, which I think is insane. Not enough time. Like if, if that's how all these are done in 60 minutes, that is that like 60 minutes of camera time and then y'all can like meet in the back and work on it. I mean, I think that's truly what happened. Like there's a difference between reality and like capital R reality television. Right. Yeah. So I would imagine they got 60 minutes to film it. Like I know that they're not all dancers. I don't think Kimura learned this in 60 minutes. Absolutely not. And like, listen, maybe they did because all the choreo is and right arm and left arm and right Circle. arm down and left arm down. But like still with, with the way Miss Kimura moves, I'm a little nervous. Yeah, it was. Oof, oof. Um, so cue the Rose and Denali choreography battle. They are going off and Tamisha is like, no, bitch, this isn't going to work. Like there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, I think it was more shady editing with this sequence because they, the way they cut around it, it was it looked very disorganized. But it, I think there was a little more organization. But they, you know, they need to tell a story. Yes. Meanwhile, and they told it right. They told it well. It's true. Meanwhile, Kamora is blank faced and is playing ping pong with her eyes. Um, Utica notices that Kamora is focusing on the little details and not the big picture. Yeah, I've I've been in drag rehearsals before like this, mm -hmm. um, and we we spent a while before the pandemic without a choreographer because our choreographer moved to LA at mm -hmm. Play Louisville. And watching um, all of the dancers on cast decide they were going to choreograph a number, especially especially when like being a choreographer does not just mean being a dancer; it also means being a teacher. Sure. And like not every dancer can teach. So I I really felt for Kimori here because I have many a time just like gone blank and felt like I was dissociating from that plane trying to learn the choreography. Yeah. And then meanwhile, you got Mama Tamisha stepping in, reminding the youngins that there is someone in the group who is not a dancer. So go slow. So then Joey suggests, well, can't we just lift her? Which is a great suggestion. Solution. That's so found. brilliant. It's so Pick brilliant. the bitch up. Yeah. Um, she probably weighs like 100 pounds, so I'm sure it's very easy. Uh, she's getting lifted. Joey wants to now do break dancing and do a little pose at the end. Um, Tamisha calls it Cirque du Soleil. I love that. I think that's so fucking funny. Um, and then she says she's in the daycare and she doesn't know who gave them the candy. Ah, ah, 
that's what it feels like. A bunch of drag queens are just on too much caffeine and sugar. Yeah. Can't control themselves. Yeah. Tamisha's not here for playing with the kids. Yep. She's not here for this romper room fuckery. Nope. But she ultimately does step in and they let the pro take over and Kimura is living for it because she is simplifying everything. And now she hopes she can pull it off. Absolutely. Okay. It's elimination day and Joey is feeling hashtag blessed. Then Ollie thinks they're going to do so well. Utica said it was a fun, it was fun working together. Rose believes that they all use their voices. And Tamisha Mon is like, are you all serious? <laughs> I, 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 I think watching Rose on this television show, sometimes I don't think she's saying what's true. I think she's saying what she wants people to hear because she knows she's going to be produced. Do you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. As Tamisha says, confidence can exceed your abilities and she's glad to see them humble, but the, bi- the bitch is still afraid to unpack. LOL, I, listen, she's smart. The, three, the theme of the episode is Kimura is late. She's struggling already. She doesn't want to let anyone down, but the support she's been given by the girls means a lot. And now we're going to learn a little bit about Kimura's backstory. Yes. We're going to discuss Kimura's boyfriend saga. So uh, he supports everything she does, but, and it's a big but, her boyfriend doesn't want to date a full-time drag queen. And thus, she only does drag once or twice a month. And the kicker is they've been together for eight years, and she still eight. tries to keep her drag life separate and away from him. Eight years. She has a storage unit. Yeah. What? I, I, I want to say this to Kimora and I also want to say this to Crystal Method because I've seen some interviews with her talking about her partner and I'm sus of that as well. I was married to a man who didn't like that I was a drag queen until I started making money doing drag. And then still, he didn't want me to wear a wig and not wear makeup when I was practicing things. He, like, he either wanted the full fantasy or no fantasy at all, right? And you know what happened? We got fucking divorced. So save yourself the hassle and leave now because if someone doesn't respect you and your wholeness and your authenticity, Mm -hmm. they got to go. And I get it. As queer people, we are taught that we deserve the smallest scraps of love because we are queer and that makes us bad. But bitch, you deserve a whole fucking lot more. You deserve everything that you want and you need. And I I feel I'm not going to tell them what to do, but like I feel so much for Kimora here because- that's so upsetting and so sad. And she's so beautiful and clearly works so hard and she deserves so much more. I would say that I kind of feel bad for this guy that she's dating, but he's probably being dragged right now after this aired. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad for him at all. Like, I am. I hopefully no one's doxing him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't want that to happen because doxing is cyberbullying, especially about something mm-hmm. like this. Like, he's not. She's not like he hits me. She's like he doesn't like right. me drag. You know what I, I, mean? I, I Yeah, I, I hope this is a conversation starter for the two of them if she had not spoken to him about it already because, like, I'm sure she got back and she's like, hey, so I spoke about you on TV a little bit. Um, but, yeah, this this is a trend and it's an unfortunate trend. Um, but you know what? When you love someone so much, you will go to the lengths to keep them around sometimes. I am that definitely that kind of person. I, and here's a lesson, kids. Here's a lesson, kids. You loving someone is not enough. You have to learn what you need and what you want in a relationship because you can love someone and they can treat you like shit. Like love, love just isn't love is love is love is a perk. 
You know what I mean? Love is great. It's wonderful when you develop love, but you need to figure out what you want, what you need first. This, I, I, you know what I mean? I hate that hallmark bullshit of love will fix everything. No, it fucking won't. Nope. And believe me, I'm going through it right now. (laughs) Well, I listen, I, I feel for you. I'm so sorry. Kamara starts to cry because she feels like she's minimizing her drag career for others. And Tamisha is the mother of this group, according to Kamara. Tamisha says that she has moments when she's good and moments when she's okay, but she never gives up on people. And then we learn a little bit about Tamisha and her dynasty, the House of Amon. All of her kids are pageant winners, and some of her babies have passed away, including Tandy Amon Dupree. The Google search for Tandy must have skyrocketed this weekend. Um, For those uninitiated, Tandy is the queen from the Wonder Woman video from Miss Black Gay America, where she drops splits in from the ceiling. This was a cool moment. Yeah, it's 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 really important drag culture, Tandy Amon Dupree and that moment specifically. Um, and I think it's really wonderful that a whole slew of people are gonna be introduced to it, especially because she is like a black pageant queen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like black pageant queens, especially in the drag race fandom get a really bad rap but here we have something to celebrate and something to teach people and so i'm really grateful that tamisha brought this up and that the show showed the clip absolutely and that's the thing about drag race is at the end of the day they are a reality show here to give you a competition when they find those moments to give us queer history and culture that's when i think the show succeeds the most I agree. I agree. I was really grateful. I was pleased. Yeah. So she wants to show her kids that at the end of the day, she is still fighting the good fight. And Rose is glad to have a sister in Tamisha, but she is not here for friends. She's here to cultivate how to be the best one. I'm, Rose, I'm confused. Earlier you said you were really pleased to have the sisterhood and now you're being competitive. Like you, you I guess you can have both, but like, where's, where, where's the, where's the true tea? Where's the kernel of truth here? It's true. It's time for the runway. Rue walks out in an orange fantasy with some fun white hair. We've got Michelle in her white streak, Ross Matthews, who is still hilarious. And last but not least, Nicole Byer is back. Are you and a fan Nicole, of, I'm sorry, a of hers? I love Nicole Byer. And I love, especially because apparently Nicole Byer in, on this runway is wearing Crystal Method's Michelle Visage jacket from last season. Oh my God, no way. Yes, and I think that's amazing. She was like, I'm buying it off Crystal Method. I'm invited back to Drag Race. I'm wearing it, bitch. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. All right. Um, phenomenon. We're going to start with the song. Again, this is the song from the Vegas show. It's it's a kind of catchy song. I'm here for it. Drag is all over the world. Denali is wearing something that if you told me that it came from Rosé's wardrobe, I would believe you. Except I bet Rosé would make it fit her better. Yeah, um, I honestly I do think Rosé has something very similar. Like, don't doesn't Stephanie Child each have? Um, each has it look like this? Yeah, yeah. It's it, Casey Slater, I think, is a designer, maybe. But yeah, yeah, I it looks very Rosé. It looks um, very Rosé. Yeah, go on. I think she had an excellent verse. Icy, spicy for you too, pricey. I I, I enjoyed what Denali was serving. Yeah, I, I, I thought Denali's verse was one of the better verses in this challenge. Um, I was really impressed with her vocals. They were very effective, mm-hmm. very emotional and evocative, which was really cool. Um, but I think the, and the performance was great. The split was super clean. The flip was really great. But I think this look is a hot 
fucking boo-boo mess. It's not her. It's not her. It doesn't fit her. The hair in conjunction with the outfit and conjunction with the makeup, like none of the pieces work together. And I really think that Denali was like, oh, I'm on Drag Race. I've got to step up my visual game. But like the references aren't ingrained in who she is. She's just pulling from everywhere and it doesn't work for her. And, and again, for those who don't know, they're always told bring X amount of dance costumes. This is probably from all of their dance costume collection. Um, yeah, not my favorite of hers, but it's fine. Yeah. So Joey J is going to combat and she is a gay ass bitch. We stand. Uh, Joey made it known that she doesn't wear wigs. And you know what? She's going to do that as her gig mama. Yeah, I, I think Joey's great. I thought her performance was really well done in terms of like the dancing. The verse is fine, except for she says, um, not wearing a wig, that's the million dollar question. Something, something, I'm going to give you a lesson. But she didn't give us a lesson. Nope. She asked a question and never answered it, even though she told us she was going to answer it. Joey, I'm confused. What's happening? Take a look at Priyanka. She says question and then gives you the answer. Right. What's my name? Priyanka! That's how you gotta do it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, again, this is what I, from, I, I've obviously followed Joey for a while. This look is quintessential Joey J. Like, yeah. this is stunning. Um, the verse, I think, was fine. It was, She's a, definitely a performer first. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think uh, it was it was good. It wasn't, it wasn't amazing, but it was good. So then we have like the, those, that, 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 that fan moment. Um, did they ask for them? Were they required? Where the hell do they get those stupid fans? I don't know. I, I would be curious to watch the RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas review and see if that fan choreo moment is in the Vegas show. Right. I, I agree. Um, I mean, it, will that show come back? Who the hell knows? It had a nice month and a half run, right? Who the hell knows? But Derek Barry and Naomi Smalls are trying to get on season two of that reality show. Okay, so... <laughs> I didn't watch it. I, is that bad? I didn't watch the first one. Oh God, it's trash TV and I love it. It's very VH1, right? Yeah, it's, I'm obsessed. I loved uh, The Girls Next Door when I was growing up. I love the flavor of love, so I was pleased. Yeah. Okay, well, from the House of Hall, she's serving Mackie Doll. Kimora went very simple with her lyrics, but I think it was effective for what she could do. Yeah, I was, I was interested. I mean, she looks stunning in this hair and this outfit. Truly amazing. Um, and I know we talk about her not having a lot of personality and I, tr- I feel like we have glimpses of it here from the mm-hmm. house of hall is like so full of yeah. personality that, that one line. And like, there's something she has, she clearly to me has a lot of walls up. Yes. And like, if, if we could help her feel safe enough to be vulnerable, I think that she could be a truly brilliant performer. Yeah. And, and like, it, you, it, it's hard to criticize and be like, well, you knew you're going to be on the show. Why didn't you prepare for this? You, Soju's your daughter. You know what happened to her. Jada's your sister. You know what happened to her. But you can't really feel your emotion until you're in the moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and unfortunately, based on the way she talks about her life, I think it's pretty clear that she never quite feels safe to let her whole self out yeah. anywhere. Absolutely. And so it's especially not going to happen on national television. Absolutely. Rosé is the Bonnie Lass, and her lyrics were very her. Um, I do say, always be careful when you deem yourself the winner, though, because then it comes back to bite you. Or you say it, and it's, you manifest it. 
Right, right, right. She was certainly manifesting. I, I think one, Rosé looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Head to toe, clear Rosé look, branded the house down. I love it. The lyrics are great. The vocals are great. I, I, this is my issue with Rosé, and I've had it this whole episode, is Rosé keeps talking about being a comedian, but I don't see her having fun ever. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like I feel like she's also very defensive and very on guard and trying so hard to be something specific for the show that like the jokes aren't landing. She had this moment where she like got up and her had her ass to the camera. And like I think if she'd been more relaxed, it could have been really funny, but yeah. it wasn't. And then yeah. also go on. Well, I was gonna say it's it's very dangerous to not face the ju- judges and when you only have like 20 seconds and your back is to them for a good portion of it. Yeah, and and even the end with her like Rose, yeah, like the little yeah should be like funny and cute, but because she's so on guard, I can't find her likable, and so like these jokes aren't landing for me. And I really hope over the next few episodes she relaxes a little bit because I think yeah. it's gonna, uh, it's not gonna serve her to be so like her asshole to be so tight. Yeah, well, next episode should be her episode, so we'll see how that goes. But no, I, I agree because I think how we just talked about Kamora be being prepared but not actually being prepared i think rose saw britta she saw jan she saw what happened to them through the editing so she's like okay i know this is a potential thing let me edit myself before they edit me right and unfortunately if you're editing yourself the audience no matter what happens with the producers doesn't get to see the real you right and and we know what happened to cracker in in, in uh her season where they told her don't yes. edit yourself so it, it's a dangerous 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 thing to do absolutely Tamisha Mon is coming for you. Literally. I know she's limited her mobility, but she did well. Bitch, this verse is amazing. I think she looks great. Um, I I had a great time watching her. And my favorite thing was that the verse was so varied. It wasn't like it it told this whole story and it it wasn't cocky. She yeah. was like, I'm confident in myself, and I know this, like the the uh, taking the crown is going to be tough, but baby, I was born for this stuff. Is such yeah. a real line grounded in her experience. I loved this. I, I give her tens across the board for this performance. Yeah, she she did very well. Um, and I will say, I'm like looking at her photo behind me, and for a slight second, I was like, wait, is that Amorosa? Oh my god, that's fucking funny. Oops. Okay, wiggle to the top. Wiggle to the top. I love Utica so much. I am obsessed because Utica. Utica says she's going to rap, but she writes no poetry. There's no <laughs> rhymes. It's not married to like the way that we think of music. And yet it's so like effective and fun. Yeah. You just get wrapped up in her. And I will tell you when I, when I first watched the show, I was a little on guard about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, we'll get to something later. She reveals that helps me understand who she is as a person, but rewatching the episode to take notes on this, I was just bowled over by her charm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this verse is wonderful. Yeah, no, I, I think this was a great way to see who she is. Um, she's fun. She's drag. I mean, the look itself, like it, it's kooky, but it's also very fashionable. Yeah, she's, she's so... I, she, as strange as she is, is very fashion forward. Yeah. Um, I Again, I don't know spoilers. I don't know what's going to happen, but I could definitely see her on a future All-Star season. Oh, I would love. Would love. 
what did you think of the song overall? Because this is not like a canon RuPaul song that we've heard on one of her albums. Did you like Phenomenon? I did not like Phenomenon. I, I liked um, I liked the individual verses, which happens a lot to me. I think that the Queens make better music than RuPaul does yep. um, or than it's written for the show. Um, but I did not like the song. I wasn't inspired by it. Um, it's not going to be something that I like click download on and like keep in my Spotify playlist, you know? I like, I love going on social media, seeing people's opinions and things. And like, I usually don't call them out on the podcast, but um, the darling love of New York drag and DJing DJ Two-Face said this, in his opinion, is the number three drag race song behind uh, Read You Wrote You and Break Up Bye Bye. Wow. It's like, whoa, that's a hot take. I would I would put Hey Kitty Girl up there first in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, listeners, if you've not listened to the Ultimate Drag Race Song Showdown podcast where we rank all 28 songs, go listen to it. It's really, really fun time. Hey, listener, watch the it, show. It, yeah. it, was, it was a fun episode to do. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's it's one of those things where I need it to to I need to ruminate with it a little bit more. Um, because I'm that bitch. Last year, I did have an ultimate, like a connection to it a lot quicker than I think I have with these two. Yeah, I loved I'm that bitch. It was so fun. But if you had to pick one, congratulations or phenomenon? Oh, congratulations! You're number one in a heartbeat. Yep. I think it's so catchy. I agree. I agree. Okay. Category is we're here. We're sheer. Get used to it. In honor, in honor, we will be playing sheer today, gone tomorrow. L-O-L. I love a pun. I really do. Mm -hmm. All right. And this time we're actually going in alphabetical order because Kimora made it to the stage on time. Fabulous. Okay. Starting off with Denali. Look by Jasmine Lewis. Hair by the drag shop. Nails by Boy Nails. It's high fashion petals inspired by Iris Van Herpen. Um, but it's basic. Yeah. I, I say high fashion with a question mark. Yeah. Um, I, I, once again, I feel like I feel like Denali is making these references because she feels pressured to be high fashion, to be on Drag Race, hmm. but she's not grounded in the fashion. It's not a part of her. So she's wearing these pieces that she's not styling well. Um, and and I think that it's just far too basic. So this is a gone tomorrow, mm -hmm. baby. This also featured the anal bead hair, which I know a lot of queens um, are fond of. Yeah, it's um, fine. And then she also had anal bead earrings. Um, Michelle liked the lady look as a nod to her ice skating. She also couldn't take her eyes off of her during the performance. Ross thinks her dimples are the only reason he knew it was the same girl with the vamp look. And Nicole said, oh, this is a whore too. This is a friend and ally. I love that. Um, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I think it's fine. I would give it a sheer today because there are some definite bad ones. I think she's right in the middle. Um, Audience went 41% sheer today, 59% gone tomorrow. I agree with the audience. Joey J, look by Troy Ford. Joey has an aesthetic and black fringe is a choice. And as you said before with um, Tamisha and the black hair, this is the same situation. You can't see it move under these lights. That's so interesting you say that because I disagreed about this because of the contrast of the sequin fringe and the sheer panels. Mm. I thought that the overall, like I saw the texture and I saw the layers because they caught the light in a way 
that the black hair didn't. And also the black hair was not served well by the darkness of that runway where this one is lit up a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I, I wrote down that I, I know that this doesn't look like what I would expect on Drag Race, but I think this is the best look Joey served all episode. So I'm, I, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, like I, we mentioned before, may not be the best of planning as this is now four hairless looks in one episode. Um, it's fine, but it's repetitive. If this is the first thing I saw Joey in the, in the episode, I would be like, absolutely here for it. But it came after three others and I'm like, mm. I know. I, yeah. I, I wish there was something different. Um, I wish, I wish she had had hair for her lady runway and hair for her performance. Yeah. So that the vamp look and this look could have spoken with the, yeah. with the wig list. Ross said that the runway look is his favorite look uh, he's seen on her. He also states that this is the first time he saw her without a wig. He loved that. But the second time was, Oh, that again. And the third time was really fourth time is this is something. And he wants her to do drag her own way, but, and that's the big, but. Uh, Nicole thinks Joey is cute, and I agree. Michelle says she is exciting to watch. She questions his lyric about not wearing a wig, and she says she feels herself without a wig, and that's why Joey does that. And Michelle just wants versatility, and that's always what Michelle Massage wants. In Michelle show. wants versatility, and also I think Ross saying, I want you to do drag your own way, but keep it fierce and keep it gorgeous is a fucking bullshit cop out because what Ross is saying is do something different than the drag you're doing. Right. So the, 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 the caveat of, I want you to do drag your own way is not true. Like you don't need to sugarcoat it for television, Ross. I know Michelle gets attacked all the time, but like put on your big girl panties and like say what you want to say. I mean, and we're, we're going to talk about Ross trying to dance around what he wants to really say, but I, I agree. And it's, it's unfortunate because I think now the emotional turmoil that you put these contestants through after a runway I bet Joey's going to go back to um, the, the the hotel room and be like, well, I have to now rethink everything. Right, right, yeah. I'm going to give it a gone tomorrow because it, it just wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't loving it. It's a sheer today for me. Sheer today went 29%, gone tomorrow, 71%. <sighs> tomorrow Hall, sheer caftan by Domingo Cholula and Devin King, catsuit by Nunos World, hair by Wigs and Grace, earrings by Elia's Closet. She loves that big hair. She does. She loves that big hair. I think uh, it's very beautiful. It's very her, this whole look. I'm glad you think that. I, I think it looks like two looks that mm -hmm. are, are, are smashed together at the neck. The hair and the earrings don't vibe with the outfit for me. Yeah. I, I, uh -oh. Earrings, period, unfortunately. Uh, he's telling yeah um okay so like the purple and the lights i think was really stunning the nude bodysuit is stunning on her but it is the earrings like how do you wear those why do you wear them what's the point of them yeah if your hair is that big and you're wearing a huge beautiful caftan why do you need these giant statement earrings what yeah. what do you have to say yeah i, to I what totally is your see yeah I, I totally see the disconnect and where it can be um but again, as someone is, as she is a pageant queen and a, and a look queen, she made a look and it was definitely something to remember. Yeah, I, I think for me, with all of Kimora's talk about glamour and beauty and putting it all together, uh, I, 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 I feel like this is a gone tomorrow for me. Yeah, I'm going to go sheer today. The audience was 85% sheer today, 15% gone tomorrow. They were here, really here for it. But Ross oh, said the that villain. 
<laughs> Ross said that the lady look was proper. The look, black look was stunning, but she needs to come to life. Michelle notices that she loves her outfits, but she is a walking outfit. She also says to look around. She's got competition, to which Kamara says, where? Where? And there's personality, bitch. That's fucking funny. Exactly. Um, Rosé. Look by Casey Slater. Hair by Drag by Sherelle. Earrings by I Still Love New York City. I absolutely love the colors. Um, it's a very interesting look for me because it doesn't feel authentic rosé, but also does. The sleeves and the dress seem to be like two ideas combined to make one. But she made it yeah. work. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said the thing about signature rosé because she talks about how it's signature rosé and it doesn't read signature rosé at all to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know when you're going on drag race, you want to expand your brand a little bit, but I'm a little shocked. And once again, I think here, Rose is not quite nailing the proportions of what's going on. Um, so I, this, this look to me, she walked out and I was like, nope, don't like it. Gone tomorrow is, is how I feel about this. I wish there was some sort of way to like make those sleeves some sort of kind of reveal. And then I think you would have gotten a gag out of it. Um, Absolutely. Even if, if they were like like a, a, a shawl of some sort and all of a sudden, bam, you still got the sleeves and this thing. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because as they say later, you're standing next to um, Kimora and Tamisha, it looks crafty. Yes, absolutely. Um, but Ross thinks her lady look was pop art fun. He thinks the runway was a little crafty without saying crafty. And again, Ross, say what you want to say. If you, listen, if you don't want the Jeffrey Boyer Chapman shit, then, then just be honest. Absolutely. Sarah Barella said it best. I want to see you be brave, Ross. Say what yeah. you want to say. Nicole says it's not crafty, and Michelle was won over by her performance and thinks her voice is beautiful. I'm still going to give it a sheer today because I think it is a unique, fun look and aesthetically pleasing to my eye, at least. I'm grateful. I'm glad you like it. Audience was 45% sheer today, 55% gone tomorrow. Oh, thank you, audience. Tamisha Mon, designed by Tamisha Mon. It got glitter dots. She, she called them glitter dots. She yeah, them glitter dots. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love it. Yeah. Um, it's elegant and she knows how to be a pageant diva. It's like, it's near perfection. So what I would say is what, how awesome would it look if she had even bigger hair? Yeah, because that's interesting. Cause like, the, the bow kind of like that little the sheer piece kind of like loses the hair a little bit because it does go up past the face but otherwise like sh- I, go big with that because it was stunning like give me that akira uh hair that she always wears that big yes, gorgeous that makes sense to me that makes hair, sense to but, me i really oh, love this and, I, and i'll tell i'll tell you i i, I thought if, if I had not seen the Lady in the Vamp runway, if I had just seen the performance and the sheer runway, Tamisha would be my winner this week. Yep, absolutely. Um, because I, I I think she looked so effortless and so regal and so chic. Um, a lot of the runways were interesting, but I wouldn't call them beautiful. And yeah. this was beautiful. It was. Rue says she loves this dress. She claims it's one of the most beautiful dresses to ever grace the stage. And again, when Rue speaks, it's important. Ross can't believe she makes her dresses and predicts one day she'll design a dress for the Oscar red carpet. Michelle loved both fashion show looks, but notes that in her performance, um, she was a little low-key and needs to make it bigger. Um, They discussed Tandy Amon, and Tamisha said if um, she were alive, she would have been a Rue girl. 
And then she asks Rue if she's seen the video, and Rue has definitely seen it. Absolutely. I'm giving it an absolute sheer today. Yeah, this is a sheer today for me, certainly. Audience, 90% sheer today, 10% gone tomorrow. The amount yeah. of messages people sent me uh, when they saw the, res the results going down, like, how is this not 100% sheer today? I was like, I don't know. There are some people who didn't like it. It's racism. Possibly. Okay, <laughs> Utica. Designed by Utica. I love Utica. We ever, we've established that, but this was a little too basic for her. That's so interesting to me because I really loved this. Okay. I, 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 I was like, what an interesting, like, Ren Fair art teacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween costume moment that, like, to me, Utica reads as, like, this kooky, strange elementary school art teacher. And so this was so <laughs> on the nose for who she is that I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I think the best part of the look for me was her beat. I think it was so artistically uh, done. Yes. Like, I, I've never seen that before. Yeah, she's a really a fabulous makeup artist and she's doing something that I agree I haven't seen before I love. Like, I know this would be so difficult to do, but like, I would like to see her do like an entire face that's like pixelated. I think she could do that. She could pull it off, absolutely. It would be. It would take hours, but I, just how cool would that look be? She, she would come out with a pixelated face, and Kamora Hall would come out with two brows on and some chapstick. Five hours. Exactly. Exactly. I think for me, the ponytail was fine, but I wish the colors in the ponytail were more pronounced. They kind of get lost in the black. That makes sense. I I totally see that point. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I think if you can see the colors in the hair, it will match the sleeves a little more. Mm -hmm. It is very kind of witchy, fun, free living, fun Utica. And that's what we love about her. 100%. 100%. Michelle likes that she is a queen that marches to the beat of her own drum. Ross thinks she's odd and unique. Nicole says, when you drop acid, that's Utica. I have not dropped acid before, but I think I now want to if that's my vision. Absolutely. <laughs> and, she, and Utica also here. So I told you earlier that yeah. Utica didn't quite make sense to me at first. And Utica reveals here that she's very religious. She's a Seventh Day Adventist. Mm -hmm. And I think if I was listening to the lyrics right, she says, for my savior, I whip my hair in her in her verse. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden when she said that, I understood who she was presenting to us because I, I was raised religious and like grew and went to college with a bunch of Seventh Day Adventists. And like, there's this sort of, polished up cleaned up reined in sort of personality that a lot of them present and I, and I think that comes from uh, as a religious person I'm projecting onto this but I think it comes from a place of wanting to like present the best version of yourself and the least sinful version of yourself sure. um, and so suddenly I understood that like her drag was not for like just gay men her drag was like was meant to be for more people for a broader audience of like mm -hmm. more ages i think is how i understand it and it really clicked for me and that's why i said that like art teacher thing is like i feel like she's trying to perform this beautiful colorful fun clown that's for everyone from like age five to like age 55 you know what i mean like, I, I could see her and nina west going on a child's tour across america absolutely it would be so cute it would be so much fun yeah. That's what I want for 2021 slash 2022. Cause Absolutely. I guess maybe that's when we'll get shows again. Right. Yeah. You guys, you like Thorgy Thor for people who've never seen cocaine. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, as much as I love her, I will give it a gone today. Okay. This is a, this is a, a sheer today for me. So I'm taking it. I give it a two. Audience was 49% sheer today. 51% gone tomorrow. Alas. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Splitting hairs there. Yeah. Well, Rue has made some decisions. 
She calls Denali and Rosé to step forward. Why? Because they're the top two of the week. The rest of them, oh. she's sorry to say, they are safe, not going home. So, three episodes in and still got 13. Woo! Yay! So, Denali and Rosé will lip sync for the win to the incredibly iconic If You Seek Amy by Britney Spears. Absolutely. When I tell you I screamed. I love that song so much. Why How? Why did it take so long for us to get it on Drag Race? I don't know. I wish Derek Barry were here. That's what I wish. <laughs> I wish Derek Barry were here. Yeah. Oh, my God. This song is so good. Um, and Denali says she's ready to storm that stage. And bitch, she did. Absolutely. Denali served attitude. Rosé gave you those Stephanie Child moves we know and love. Uh, Rosé also brought a campy side, which is certainly a good option for this song. But Denali just offered a, a stronger performance with a little more passion behind it. And we live for a duck walk. Yeah. Well, once again, I feel I feel like there's this wall up with Rosé where she can't relax and have fun. And so, like, even though she was being campy, I wasn't having fun watching her. I was yeah. having fun watching Denali, um, even though Denali looked like that in that outfit. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I wish that uh, I wish that we could have Rosé relax. And of course, we get a strongly timed double split from both girls. They they nail it in the same spot because that's when it should happen in the song. In the end, it's Denali. Absolutely, who gets, absolutely. Yep. It's, a, it's Den- always a good time. Yeah, yeah. Denali gets $5,000 as she wins. I would just like to note, for those taking notes, this is now Rosé's second lip sync loss on the show. Listen, sometimes the show says, girl, you came in and you thought you were going to kick ass. And we're going to remind you that just because you're at the top of your game where you're at doesn't mean you're at the top of the game everywhere. Yeah, it's very, again, this is a new format. This is the first time we're seeing um, a episode one lip sync battle. So those stats are going to come back to haunt her, I think, um, should she get to a finale. That's a very good um, because point. Because you will have those um, people on Reddit being like, well, Rosé has X amount of losses. Um, it's just a thing to think about, just putting out there. Not to say that that's how Rue makes her decisions, but, uh, you know, who the hell knows how Rue makes decisions anymore? Michael and Nancy Drew Block over here, everybody. Just doing it, just doing it. All right, we're going to talk about Untucked a little bit. We'll go through it as quickly as possible because I might be alone here, but I'm starting to get bored of Untucked. Yeah. Well, especially the episode was so long already. I don't want to watch really, more of it. Exactly. I'm really liking the international format where they're putting like this little untucked junior in the actual episode. Yes. It feels more authentic. Um, but again, I know they're squeezing this fucking show out for every minute it's worth. So they're going to give you two hours of drag race. Yeah. All right. So Kamara is frustrated by the reality check that her performance was not it. Tamisha knows that her numbers solidify them as a group. And once again, they are drinking cans of bubbly instead of alcohol. I wonder why. Also, bubbly, if you'd like to sponsor me, I'd love to have some bubbly. I love it. I I think the bubbly is because it's the pandemic. And so rather than having someone make a cocktail for them, they're serving them something that's pre-packaged um and 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 bubbly's been all over the drag queen game anyway curious that rose has been a bubbly queen so much huh 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 um and and tina and tina and and jan and laguna which listen i would love to see laguna blue on drag race season same that bitch is everything she's incredible yeah denali thinks they all excelled and whoever is in the bottom it'll be like splitting hair small hair 
Uh, Rosé says that they all have fallen in love with each other and they all delivered. And the question is asked who the tops are. And Kimura says it's Denali, Rosé, and Joey. Okay. Uh, Denali says definitely Rosé. She thinks Kimura slayed them all in the looks. And Tamisha did too. Tamisha says that she was holding back because they were working so good as a team. So she was trying to be a team player and wait until her turn to actually shine. And I'd have to say, like, Tamisha was very reserved and did the choreo as a singular person as opposed to trying to one-up everybody. Right. Well, and if, if you've seen Tamisha's pageant, uh, pageant numbers, the, 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 the every dancer hitting the choreo the exact same way, so it's super unified, is very important in her numbers. Yeah. And so I think I understand that perspective of, like, we're an ensemble now, and yep. now I'm a star. And I think that serves the number better than like trying to be like, oh, it's my turn, blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. Rosé says they don't have any drama and she wonders if the other group is having as much, you know, kumbaya. Uh, she starts to talk about the three New York girls and Kimura's shocked to learn that there are three. Did you, did, you, did you not listen to everybody? Okay, whatever. I mean, you've seen behind the eyes of Kimura. There's not a whole <laughs> lot going on there all it's the time. True. So Rosé says that she is the connecting factor of the New York girls the other three have never likely been in the same room together and she also points out that she's not close friends with any of them i know we've alluded to it a little bit that we're going to probably have some sort of drama between tina and rose um i again personally don't know of their friendship backstory history of working or not working together um but it kind of does make sense that these are four girls who run in four different circles. Absolutely, which I think really is representative of New York. Yeah. Um, because as, as much as everyone's like, New York, New York, New York, New York is really like Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, Queens, the yeah. Upper West Side, the Bronx, like, and, and, then, and then you even have like further out, like further into Queens, you have like the Latin drag scene, which like never interacts with the rest of the drag scene in New York. Right. You've got Long Island drag, you've got New Jersey drag, like it's all, it's all so Westchester. Westchester. It's all so close to each other, but they're all vastly different scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you really could have like New York's drag race and you, and have people not know who the fuck each other are. Yeah. Paige Turner did that. <laughs> oh, Paige Turner. I miss her. Mm-hmm. Um, Joey poses the question if anyone will be eliminated and Rose actually doesn't know. And this was a kind of fun moment where they're all, they're all sitting there being like, we know this show. But after that first twist, do we really know this show anymore? I mean, yes, we know this show still. It's I I think that's a funny question, which is great television because like an audience who's not like clued in, but the drag the queens know they get I, it absolutely. And I think that's I think was as we were talking about Rose being prepared to be prepared. I think Joey is as well, and Joey knows the questions that are going to make it onto air. Absolutely. Absolutely. Luckily for Joey, I think it seems a little more authentic to her than like Rose's produced moments. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Kamara knows she had the worst critiques and she could be the first to go home. She starts to cry, even though she feels confident and beautiful. Kamara is a perfectionist and wants to always show her best. So I understand the struggle. I understand it. Yeah. I've often cried. (laughs) Yeah. Joey asks if Kamara is happy to be on this side and not the winner's side. And Kamara is glad to be to, to just, get the reality 
Joey points out that the last thing any of them needed was an ego stroking, and Rosé loves those, but Rosé doesn't know who she would be if she were in that chair on this day if she won the lip sync. Yeah. Utica says it's humbling and that going home to tell your friends you went home first, not the fun thing to do, but now that they're here, they're here to prove themselves. Tamisha needed that kick in the butt, but she didn't know how she would be do how she would do starting this competition. And now she's got the fight in her. So they all start talking about the other group who doesn't know what it feels like to be in the bottom and they don't know what is coming for them. And I think that does give them a bit of a advantage moving forward. Absolutely. Kimora, she's grateful that the other girls were patient with her. And now she knows how to do a box step and to do an eight count. <laughs> I forgot about that. What a, okay. What a self-aware, like beautiful sense of humor she has. Is this the now, like we mentioned it before, but like, is this now the new sewing? Like you need to know how to dance a little bit? I mean, well, wait, I don't even think it's the new sewing. I think it's very clear that on Drag Race, you have to know how to dance a little bit, know how to sew a little bit, know how to talk, sing a little bit, know how to do a little bit of comedy, know how to do a little bit, like you like you, you have to do, you have to do everything that all of RuPaul's team does for her. Exactly. Yes. There you have it. They start to turn the discussion into voting out Elliot. And the reasoning is that they didn't have very much time to meet anyone. It was all on first impressions. Joey says it was about looks and concepts. She said Elliot looked off the rack, which is tea kettle black. Um, yeah, Joey, you bought like three chicken feather bows and put them on your arm. Okay, queen. <laughs> they kind of all agree. She thinks Elliot should have spoken up more and re read the room. Utica felt that when it was a tie, she wished she had talked more and chimed in. She was down on herself, but she really wanted to be there. Misha said that after Kimura's nail fell off and she helped her with the nail glue, that solidified it for her. So basically, help your sister out. Absolutely. And I think that's that's um I think that's like a, a professional standard that a yeah. lot of pageant girls have because a lot of times in pageants things can get really cutthroat, but you mm -hmm. know you're a real one if you're sitting backstage competing with somebody and you still help them out. Yeah. I mean, I have an experience where I helped a Rue girl out and gave them the nail glue that I was carrying around at DragCon because their nail fell off. But Laganja didn't even say thank you. It's fine. It's fine. Her, assist, hey, her, her assistant did. At least, her didn't, assistant. at least she didn't step on your hand and call you an asshole for helping her. <laughs> it's true. Um, but yeah, I helped her out in the press room at DragCon. You helped her out with her press on in the press room? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Kimura and Tamisha admit that they both did vote for Utica in the first round, which now solves that mystery. So we know that um, Rosé was the other vote for Elliot. Mm -hmm. They don't want anyone to go home amongst their loser family. And but Rosé is back here reminding that this is a competition. So she's flip-flopping her stances on things. Mama, she is Joe Biden six years ago. Just flip-flopping. Oh. Kimura doesn't know she'll be who she'll be lip-syncing against. Girl, just wait. You're not going to be listening. Right. You don't it even know. the emotion, but yeah. A, a lot of tears for nothing at all. Joey asks if they had to vote again who they would vote out. And Denali says, Elliot. Ah, cut to commercial. Now we're back to some personal discussions. Kimora says her parents have not seen her perform. And we get an untucked exclusive where she reveals that her parents don't know she does drag. And coming on the show is a way to prove that she can do this. 
Kamara is like checking off every box of every contestant who's had a family issue. Also, I'm nervous for Kimura because if you know a lot about reality TV and you know a lot about Drag Race, you're revealing a lot of backstory in episode one, girl. Yeah, she is. Yep, she is. Um, Tamisha says that her mother has never seen her perform in the 30 years she's been performing. And it broke her heart to hear Kimura say the same thing that she went through 30 years ago. Kimura says it's because she has a strict Asian household and this is not accepted or expected. She's afraid yeah. to tell her mom that she does drag because she was disappointed when she came out or originally. And then we cut to Utica who says that she had the biggest fear coming out as a queen because her parents thought she was just a stripper, but they are artists living their life through their art. And she tells Kimura her parents are missing out on who Kimura is. And once again, Kimura, after a few days, loves the girls. Come on, quick love. I mean, this is, you, you meet someone, oh my God, I love you, you're my favorite. Whatever, it's fine. I can't get a friend of mine who I've been friends with for over a year to say the word love you. Oh, Michael. Oh my God. Hey, Michael, quit revealing your backstory in episode three, okay? I know. I, I apologize. Let's be real. I've revealed my backstory since episode one of um, <laughs> the first podcast. Yeah. They joke that they're all best of friends and then Rosé jumps in again with a funny reality check that they're actually not because they all lost. That was funny. Um, and the talk gets real as they talk about how they are doing Drag Race in a way that no one else has because of the face masks and the face shields and the COVID controlled set. And I think this is very important to, to continue to hear on the show backstage because yeah. there will be people who are going to try to rip it apart, but also this is what they went through. No one else has gone through it. It's a crazy, filming any reality show during this pandemic is so crazy. I, yeah. I can't, I can't, I, I empathize so much with the girls. And um, and I, I think it's wild to think about trying to make something that this formula and this format and the way we've made it for so long is yeah. so different than what we have to do now. I mean, Joey's saying that it's adjustment being around people and then, just the, the strides they've all had to make to get here. It's crazy. I mean, Denali asked a question, um, who from the small town, which of those girls were able to get fabric from stores? And Unica shakes her head no. Like, how did she, how is she able to get on the show with not having the ability to get fabric? Yeah, yeah, that's fucking crazy to think about. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and then Joey said getting a hug after two weeks of not being around people, it's not right, but it is the new normal. It's not right, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get uh, some um, mirror wall moments. Joey shaves her stash because apparently during filming it came back already. Oh, she's a hairy woman. Oh, that's why she wears long sleeves all the time. Oh, right. I saw her chest. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. That's yeah. so beautiful. Oh, he's so gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, Kamora is going to do the best that she can, and there's a fire and passion in her, and she's going to be here to stay. Unica hopes that Topland happens, and we love tops. I'm a top. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tamisha says no more assumptions. Kamora really thinks that her and Tamisha will be in the bottom and Tamisha is ready to lip sync and fight to the end. But Bitch. no one is in the bottom. Three weeks. Tamisha not a single would mission. have eaten Kamora up. Tamisha oh, would have eaten that beautiful her. human up. Destroyed. Well, to end this fun time, I have two burning questions for you. Okay, great. I've got, I've got um, a burning penis that I need to get cleared up, <laughs> but I'll answer the questions first. Okay, so we're getting an acting challenge next week. Great. Who's going to excel? Is there anyone you're worried about? Um, obviously worried about Kimora. 
I mean, listen, we you, you alluded to it already. They've talked about her backstory a lot. I we know she's not a performer. I she, she I think she's gone next week. Absolutely, I'm really nervous about her. Um, I'm really excited to see Elliot and Joey because they're just like silly, vapid gay people. And like, yeah. I love, like, I love Jocelyn Fox and she was always so fun in the acting challenges and I get really similar vibes from them. Yeah. Um, I am nervous right now. I'm the most nervous for Tina and Rosé because again, I still think Rosé has these walls up. I think she's, mm-hmm. her like nerves are getting to her and I want to see her relaxed because I think that's when she can shine. Yeah. And I think Tina, whose personality is very, um, I think Tina's, okay, this is actually, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to Ross Matthews it. I think Tina's drag and the way she is on stage is overworked. I think she tries to put in too many jokes. I think she has too many beats. It's all like too much. And it's served her really well. But like around people like Olivia and Simone and Denali and Tamisha who have a lot more easy breezy effortlessness to them, I don't think it's going to read well. It's certainly going to be interesting because again, Rosé should excel in this. Tina should excel. I think it's going to be someone like Candy Muse who's going to come out of nowhere and be like, okay, this was hilarious. You win. Bitch, if they give Candy the right role, she's going to eat them all the fuck up because exactly. all she has to do is be herself. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, I like to do this every episode. I know it's a little harder to do it um, since we had it split, but after three episodes, who is the winner of the season? Simone. Heartbeat. It's not even hard. Like, like the, the, Simone is on a level of artist that none of these performers are on. Yep, and I like agree. that, that many drag race contestants and even some drag race winners are not on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do think Simone is a winner and I've, I've said it since the beginning. There, there's something special. Yeah. If, if Simone doesn't win drag race, I'm going to take a little militia and go occupy these fucking studios in LA. Okay. <laughs> I will wear some <laughs> goddamn go. horns. Well, I mean, so everyone can find you and join the militia. Where can we find you on social media and Venmo? L-O-L. Um, you can find me on Venmo, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on uh, Grinder, Grubhub, and Ashley Madison at Gilda Wabbit, G-I-L-D-A-W-A-B-B-I-T. I've also recently started a Patreon um, because I'm working uh, towards creating a 2021 calendar project. And Very so if cool. you sign up, yes, if you sign up for the Patreon, um, you'll get behind the scenes videos. You'll get all of the unreleased images, including some unedited ones. Um, you're going to see things before anybody else. And whole um, So I know in the middle of the pandemic, a lot of people are me, or you can buy my merch on www.gildawabbit.com slash merch. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I'm so glad to have caught up with you because it's been a while. I miss you dearly. Astoria misses you. But when things are better, you'll be back, I'm sure. Thank you, love. The biggest thanks to Gilda for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. Leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at themeofthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Thank you.